welcome to Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Join us every Sabbath on Zion Road Radio for a look at the life, deeds, and words of Yeshua Messiah and his followers. From the Torah-centric Hebraic perspective, they were originally lived and written in. Is demonic possession and demonic attack still a problem in today's modern world? Or is it less of a problem in today's modern world? What about various forms of witchcraft? Do people really still do that? If so, is it just a harmless superstition? Or can it have extremely dangerous consequences? Do we have the power to help people who are suffering from demonic attack or possession? Should we just use that power whenever and however we want, or do we need to be careful to correctly discern and stay within Yahweh's will in each situation? If so, why? And even if we need to be careful, should we let that slow us down, keep us from doing what we know Yahweh wants us to do? or cause us to be too afraid to do what Yahweh has for us? How about healing? Does prayer really work? And when it comes to prayer in general, should our attitude be that because we've prayed for a certain outcome, Yahweh must make it happen? Stay tuned through to the end of today's program for the answers to these questions in Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through verse 45. And now, here's today's scripture portion. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through verse 45. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as having authority, and not as the scribes. Immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Ha! What do we have to do with you, Yeshua, you Nazarene? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of Elohim. Yeshua rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The report of him went out immediately everywhere into all the region of Galilee and its surrounding area. Immediately when they had come out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew, with Jacob and John. Now Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. He came and took her by the hand and raised her up, 
the fever left her, and she served them. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by demons. All the city was gathered together at the door. He healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. He didn't allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, he rose up and went out and departed into a deserted place and prayed there. Simon and those who were with him followed after him, and they found him and told him, Everyone is looking for you. He said to them, Let's go elsewhere into the next towns, that I may proclaim there also, because I came out for this reason. He went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, proclaiming and casting out demons. A leper came to him, begging him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you want to, you can make me clean. Being moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I want to be made clean. When he had said this, Immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was made clean. He strictly warned him, and immediately sent him out, and said to him, See you say nothing to anybody, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing the things which Moses commanded, for a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it much, and to spread about the matter so that Yeshua could no more openly enter into a city, but was outside in desert places. And they came to him from everywhere. And now, here's some insight from Eliyahu ben David on that portion. We want to welcome all of our friends with us tonight as we continue now in the first chapter of the book of Mark. And this is such an exciting portion of scripture that we're looking at tonight. It tells us he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Yeshua Messiah is into setting people free. And it's so exciting to just think about the things he did when he was here for people. And I think a very good example of being aware of what is really happening with people and seeking to help them. And if there's anything that we see in the book of Mark, it's how concerned Yeshua Messiah really was for people, and he wanted to see them set free from illness and certainly from demonic spirits. And we need to have that same love and concern for others that he had. And, you know, don't let this world fool you. Don't let the enemy fool you. You do have power and authority in this world in order to make a difference in somebody else's life. 
And we really can use that power and authority that we have in Yeshua Messiah to set people free. And that is our high calling. Well, this seems to be the theme tonight. We're talking a lot about uh, demonic oppression, as we're finding it here in the book of Mark, and certainly healing as well. But these two things really are very much related. In many cases, it is demonic problems that brings on health problems. And that seems like such a strange idea, because today, you know, we think totally in terms of modern science, and science has its many benefits, but one problem with science is it only recognizes the natural world. And the created world is much bigger than that. And so things are more complex than just the natural world can explain. The course of this world, it says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, is connected with the prince of the power of the air who works in the children of disobedience. And what a, like a strange comment that is, right? The prince of the power of the air. Who is that? That, of course, is the devil and his wicked forces. And, you know, those who are without Messiah in the world, they're breathing that in. They're breathing in that wicked spirit. And instead of it being a rare thing, like many of us think today, this has been the pervasive thing in the world. That's what the Scriptures tell us. This has been the pervasive situation. And when we look at something like this pie chart of world religions, if for the moment we set aside the Judeo-Christian realm, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but if we set that aside, we have two-thirds of the world population that is involved in religions that all, in one way or another, are under the control of false gods and therefore demonic forces. And in many of these religions, they actually invite spirits to come into their body. So, you know, this is like the most of the world is doing this and has been doing it all along. This is just a fact. And why is that not our expectation? Because those of us who live in Judeo-Christian nations, we have had historically less of that influence because there's more people that have more spiritual awareness and have shied away from the things that actually invite demonic spirits into people's lives. However, friends, we are living in the time when that is all changing. Throughout Europe, for example, people have been leaving the Judeo-Christian perspective for years. And here in America, it's the same thing. This has been what has been happening. And whereas, for example, the United States was long thought of as a Christian country, Barack Obama informed us that the United States is not a Christian country in 2018. And he's right. It's not. Not anymore. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the demonic threat. I looked up a few articles in 2018 to share with you just to illustrate this point. Now, here's an article I found in Market Watch. How interesting. I mean, this is just a business website, right? And it had this headline Merry Christmas. Why Millennials Are Ditching Religion for Witchcraft and Astrology. Now, isn't that interesting they bring Christmas in with that? I just kind of think that's interesting. Obviously, what they're saying is that millennials, young people, are leaving Christianity and instead are going for witchcraft and astrology. I think a lot of us might not be aware of just how much that's happening. But... It is happening. It is what you call a thing. It is a thing. And the article goes on to explain that among millennials, they're into that old thing that we might remember, some of us who are older, you know, of what's your sign. That's how they relate to one another, very much into astrology and all of that world. But it gets worse. You know, once they get started in that, this can happen. This article from the Los Angeles Times, a new generation of L.A. Satanists finds community in blasphemous times. What is interesting about this is that Satanism has been with us for a long time, but it was always very secret. And now this is breaking out where people can see it. I mean, Satanist churches have been springing up. Many millennials, young people, have been streaming into these different churches. And seriously, they like the message. Here's another article I found about this. Hell freezes over how the Church of Satan got cool. Basically. That's what's happened. It's become a trend. It's something that is considered cool. And what is it really all about? It's really all about dropping your inhibitions and putting you first. That's what it's all about. It's the me first religion. And Satanism gives people a doctrine on which they can base that ethic. Now, isn't that totally opposite to what Messiah did, as we're reading about in the book of Mark? He came and he laid his life down for others. This is just such a different way of thinking. But, you know, we live in a world where people are very selfish, and so many of them are turning to demonic religions and witchcraft and Satanism, and there's a lot of this happening. So shouldn't we expect more demonic activity with all of this going on? Now, here's one that I thought was interesting. A witch claims she could help heal people from diseases, including cancer, by working with demons and making pacts with Lucifer. Now, all of us, I think you read that and it makes you shudder, doesn't it? But you know the reason why? Because we know the Scriptures. How many of these young folks 
know the scriptures? How many of these millennials that we're talking about have had real biblical training? So if they have a health problem and a witch like this woman can offer to heal them, what are they going to do? Cancer. Well, you know what? The cancer treatment is iffy. <laughs> you know? How about a little insurance? All you have to do is make a pact with Lucifer, and this woman will help you do it. Do you think that's not happening? Do you think if a person does that, they're not going to be demonized? You know, they're just looking for the door to be opened up a little bit, and they'll just rush through the door. This is very real. This is, listen, let me tell you something. When you go to the supermarket, when you go out into the world, people all around you are controlled by demons. Read the newspaper and the things that are happening. Demonic activity is all around us. And it is increasing on a rapid scale. Very, very rapidly. You know, I looked on Amazon to see if they had books on witchcraft. And I found out they're really popular. They got pages and pages and pages of books on how to be a witch. Here are the books I saw on the first page. Basic witches. You know, it's like basic website writing, you know? It's just presented as like right out there, okay? Witches, sluts, and feminists. And this is not negative against that, by the way. This is advocating that. They believe that becoming a witch empowers you as a feminist. And that's what you want, right? Isn't that what feminism is about? More control and power for women? So doesn't it just like fit hand in hand? And you know, the Bible and the Judeo-Christian ethic, that's all patriarchal, so that's all evil. Become a witch, that's what's a good thing if you're based on a feminist ideal. Now, obviously, that's not my position, but that's the position a book like this holds out. And people, the numbers of people that are buying these books, it's frightening, really. It's frightening. And the reason people are doing this is because they want that empowerment. They want that control. And they don't really like prayer all that much because with prayer, you know, you can't really control God, right? You can ask him for stuff you want, but you can't make him do it. They're thinking here as well, if I know the right spells, I can make these spirits do the things I want. I can control them to make them do what I want them to do. 
that is the essence of witchcraft, and that's what's so evil about it. And what happens to the people that do this? The thousands upon thousands of people that read these books and then put them into practice? They think they're going to control the demons, but you know what? It ends up the other way around. The demons end up controlling them. Well, why are people doing this? For one reason, because their leaders are doing this. The people they look up to are doing this. Perhaps you remember uh, this coming out. Spirit cooking. A bizarre occult ritual of some of the people in the Clinton campaign. This came out through the WikiLeaks. This is what the elite are doing, friends. They're involved in all of this spiritism. And it gets really ugly. The deeper you get into this, the more ugly all of this becomes. And you find there's a very, very close link between political power in this world and connection with demonic forces and some pretty horrible things, because these demonic forces, they want to get paid in order to do the things that are asked of them. And the things they want to receive are not things I even want to mention. Pretty horrible things. So this is where demonism comes from. This is how people end up possessed by demonic spirits through things like this. And, you know, just more about this has come out. A uh, Clinton friend exposed Hillary Clinton, according to him, as being a Satanist. He saw her actually going to these witchcraft meetings, Satanist meetings. And there's been several of these people close to the Clintons that have said this. And I chose this simply because it's been fairly recent that it's all been in the news, but this is much wider than just the Clinton campaign. This is really something that those in power have done for a very long time. We read in the scriptures about people like Jezebel, right, turning to demonic powers, and as you look in really every culture, you find these situations where powerful people turn towards the demons in order to expand their power. Well, the way many have chosen to fight back against that is they're going to fight back with demonic power. So we've been seeing this in the news lately. You can't control the government, but you can hex it. And it says in this article... Ever since Donald Trump's election to office in November 2016, the witches of America have been trying to curse the U.S. president and bind his power. This has been happening on a massive scale all across the country. That demonic powers have been trying to curse the president. So I think that tells you a lot about where the country has come to. By no means are we out of the woods when it comes to this. The trend is definitely negative.
Uh, well, I thought this was an interesting article. This came from the Vatican, telling people not to celebrate Halloween. I thought <laughs> that was really pretty amazing, because, of course, the Vatican is notorious, right, for endorsing all kinds of occult things in various parts of the world. They've always done that. However, what they say is celebrating Halloween causes an increase in occult activity and makes children feel suicidal, declared Vatican exorcists. And what's happening is there's been such an increase in demonic activity that is putting tremendous pressure on the church, on the Catholic Church. And so they're trying to diminish that activity. So this is why they're saying this about Halloween. Another example of this is this article. Report, as Satanism grows, Italy is experiencing a boom in exorcisms. It's saying here a half a million Italians every year seek exorcisms. That's a lot of people. That's one country. It's interesting, you know, because some people will read in the book of Mark about Yeshua casting out demons, and they'll think, well, how come that used to happen back then, but it doesn't happen today? <laughs> what a joke. If anything, there are more people possessed by demons today, far more, far more. Well, I thought this was interesting. Mental health disorders, now leading cause of non-fatal illness worldwide. And this is a major concern because mental illness is increasing dramatically around the world. And they are trying to figure out the reason why mental illness is increasing so much. Do you think that there could be some correlation with the increase in demonic activity? Mental illness on the rise in the United States. One in five people are mentally ill. One in five people. 20% of the population. That 20%, for the most part, are taking mind-altering drugs that allow the demons to come into their minds. The word pharmakia, from which we get the word pharmacy, in the scriptures means spiritism. Because the use of these drugs throughout history has been a direct route to the spirits. It's no joke. Many, many times people who are being oppressed by demonic spirits end up in mental institutions and are wrongly diagnosed 
as having mental illnesses. This happens all the time because the system cannot deal with the idea that spirits actually exist. And in many cases, these people actually will tell them that they are inhabited by spirits, but the system will not take their word for that, and it instead will throw a bunch of drugs at them. And if that doesn't work, they'll lock them up in a mental institution. That's just the truth. The reason you don't see the worst cases is because they're all locked up in mental institutions. Visit one of those places, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This touched my life years ago. There was a young man who I ministered to, and I treated him like a son. And he was coming along very well. But somehow he began to have an interest in magic. And he didn't tell me about it. And he started getting involved in magic books and learning magic spells. And he started being inhabited by demonic spirits. And I really couldn't help him, and I, let me tell you the reason. If people want to be inhabited by demonic spirits, you can cast them out all day long, but they're just going to keep coming back. So as long as people are practicing those things, you cannot help them. They have to stop. What happened with this young man is he took up the kind of behavior that people take up when they are controlled by demonic spirits. And it looks to the world like somebody that's insane. And you know what happens when people act like that? Somebody calls 911. The police come to their house. They act all crazy. And the police then take them and they put them into the system. Then what happens in the system is that they're examined by a psychiatrist who can't make heads or tails out of what's really going on with them. And if they can't do anything about it, they put them in a mental institution. And this is what happened to this boy. And then they just drugged him out of his mind, and they gave him therapy. They gave him a diagnosis. And then after a while, they said he was cured. And then they released him. And then the demon started tormenting him again, and he shot himself in the head, and he's dead.
That still upsets me. You cannot depend on the system to deal with demonic powers because they're not equipped to do it. And even if they are equipped to do it, they won't do it. The only people in this world that can do it are you and me. Those of us that know Yeshua Messiah. You don't need a paper that gives you permission. Your paper is the book of Mark, the book of Matthew, the book of Luke, the book of John. You have the authority. We need to be concerned about our neighbors and where there is a willingness to receive ministry, we need to offer it. But be aware that if your life is not right, and if you do not have the spiritual armor on and you take up this battle for someone else, you're going to get the living crap kicked out of you. Because the demons are not entities to be fooled around with. You do have authority and power in Messiah but you need to be walking in him in order to be able to deal with this. So be aware of that. Don't get yourself in over your head if you're not ready for that. You know, we can all turn to someone with more experience about this. We can do this if we suspect that someone in our life may be vexed by demonic powers, if not a totally demonized person. There are negative effects that happen in the lives of people because of these demonic connections. In many cases, things that aren't at all their fault. And we really do need to have compassion. Sadly, there's such an emphasis on the occult and on occult methods and so on, that a lot of this has worked its way into the churches. There's a lot of it. And if you become aware, you get so that you see it. And basically, wherever you see people trying to control the spirit to get what they want, you're actually looking at witchcraft. And sometimes this can be couched in biblical terms, but wherever people are talking about what amounts to forcing God or forcing the Holy Spirit to do your will, why, that's witchcraft. And the Bible warns us clearly of these occult churches, and one must flee from them. So, a very good word to the wise there, and we need to be aware of this. And you know, there's a lot of this going on today, a lot of it going on in the churches where there are demonic influences. One person with a ministry to people who are having these kind of problems, a deliverance ministry, says that there are actually agents of Satanist and witchcraft organizations that are being systematically sent out to every church so that they're actually trying to take over 
essentially the leadership of every church and to control it so that the people don't really get the true message of the scriptures. And I think there's lots of evidence to suggest that that has actually been going on for some time. So when we look at the real picture, I think we do see that there's a lot of demonic activity today. I like Luke 10, 17 through 20. It tells us what happened after Yeshua sent out the 70 to preach in his name, and he gave them authority. It says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan having fallen like lightning from heaven. He says, Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing will in any way hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Yeshua has given his followers authority over the spiritual powers. And we need to recognize that, and we need to use that power. It's very important that we use that authority in the way that he meant it to be used when he sent out these disciples to set people free from demonic power. And of course, we need to use this authority when the demons attack us. Because let me tell you, if you are effective as a believer, they are going to battle you. There's no question that that's going to happen, and you need to fight back. Well, let's think about this. James 5.16. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The insistent prayer of a righteous person is powerfully effective. Now, here we're turning to the aspect of healing. This is a big part of the book of Mark that we were studying today. Yeshua was able to heal everyone that came to him. And his brother James says, pray for one another that you may be healed. And here at Zion and Austin, we do this. We pray for one another. I think every group of believers that is in touch with Messiah they do this. They pray for the health of one another. And it's such an important thing to do because prayer really works. We've seen this a lot. <laughs> you know, we've seen things really change through prayer. We've seen people really headed in the wrong direction. And when prayer is lifted up, things change for the better. And this happens a lot. We've seen it happen a lot because prayer is effective. Uh, you know, there's an article on BeliefNet that's very interesting. It's about a cardiologist, uh, Randolph Bird, at San Francisco General Hospital. And it's interesting because he was both a believer and a doctor, and he did a scientific study on intercessory prayer among Bible believers. Now, let me really underscore and underline that. 
he didn't include just anybody in the study. He included people who were Bible believers. And in the population of people that he studied, he found that prayer really made the difference for a lot of these coronary patients. For instance, prayed-for patients were significantly less likely to require antibiotics, significantly less likely to develop pulmonary edema, and significantly less likely to require insertion of a tube into the throat to assist bleeding. And I really like this one, less likely to die. So what James says about prayer, praying for one another, this has been borne out. It's actually a scientific fact as well as a spiritual fact. And it's not just a matter of seeing some individual cases. It's been something that has been proven as being statistically true. Now, as I pointed out, we do that here. In fact, a lot of our members at different times have asked us for prayer, and we have always done this ever since we've had this ministry. We've always prayed for people who have needed prayer. I mean, this is just a fundamental part of what we need to do. And anyone who's in ministry needs to be doing this, right? To pray for others, pray for one another. So we do that here. We have done this online for all of our Zion members. And very often when people have needed prayer, they've asked for it. And we also pray for one another right on the Zion Tabernacle. You can go and ask for prayer. And some of the other members then will come alongside and pray. And we've had some wonderful results from doing that. And it's been really great. But you know, something that's happening during this time, and perhaps you've seen it, is Yahweh is kind of lifting up different people in their ministry. But you know, as we go through the Gospels and we see what Yeshua did, it emphasizes to us what we must do. And I really like about Yeshua, what you find in the book of Mark is it's constantly telling you that Yeshua did this immediately. He realized that something needed to be done, and, you know, he didn't procrastinate. He did it immediately. We need to do that. As we see what he would have us do, we need to do it immediately right? That's what we need to do. So we're growing in that, and we want to challenge you to grow in that as you see a need for you to step up. Do it immediately. Because let me tell you what happens if you don't do it immediately. The enemy will throw all kinds of stuff at you to keep you from ever doing it. That's what happens. So, you know, you've got to be very positive and forceful to defeat the enemy in your life. And this is something that we're all really challenged to do as we look at the book of Mark.
You have been listening to Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Further teachings and study materials, along with many other related topics, can be found at our membership site, Zion Tabernacle. Sign up is free. Just go to zion.net. That's T-S-I-Y-O-N dot N-E-T. New programs on the Gospels will be airing every Sabbath on Zion Road Radio. Tune in next Shabbat to learn more from Hebraic insights in the Gospels. Shabbat Shalom! Stand at the crossroads and look Ask for the ancient Would you like to hear more of Eliyahu's teachings? Do you have a question or prayer request and would like to get in touch with one of our volunteers for help? Or do you just want to know more about Eliyahu ben David and Zion Ministry? Visit our website at zion.org where you can listen to more teachings from Eliyahu ben David straight from the homepage of our website. Check out our books, DVDs, internet videos, and other social media outlets. Learn more about Eliyahu and the Zion team on the About page. See what our ministry's mission is on the Remnant Vision page. Send a question or prayer request from our Contact Us page. Or click Join Us in the menu bar to learn about our community site, Zion Tabernacle. To find out more about Zion Ministry, go to zion.org. That's zion.org, spelled T-S-S. I Y O N dot O R G.